Welcome to the Faith Renewed Podcast. I'm Pastor Terry Rogers, and I want to thank you for listening to this message. If you want to learn more about Faith Renewed, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. And so if you've got your word, turn with me to Nehemiah. Yeah. Nehemiah chapter 4. <clears throat> Nehemiah chapter 4. And we get excited about the word. Amen. If you're a version Bible app user at home or in-house, you can do this. Click on the version link right now. If your mobile device is available and free and uh, for you to use, click on more. Then events, and you'll see a live event taking place right now. And, uh, and so you can follow along with this message. And as you turn there, just a big reminder, we're in a series right now called We Are Family. Oh, yeah. Come on. Tell your neighbor. We're family. That's right. Like it or not. Amen. That's what that's our thought. Man. Like it or not, man. You stuck with me. Amen. We are family around here, and I love it. And we've been speaking to some specific areas and parts of that family. And uh, last week, we spoke to the, the youth pastor, uh, Bill, incredible message to our young people and to this church as a whole. I love it. Uh, next week, we're going to be, uh, if the Lord allows, uh, put on my heart, message to speak in the subject and area of parenting. And so don't miss that. And in two weeks, we're going to have a special message for the ladies yeah in the house and so again for everyone but uh again just kind of specific towards but next week's father's day i hope you can be here and just join together as we worship the father on father's day but if you can make it come be a part of that we know some travel but if you can be here be here bring someone with you man and then just again it's so cool to just gather and honor him. Amen. Well, uh, Nehemiah chapter 4, um, I was going to speak again to a specific area today of part of the family, but God would, has just not allowed me to get away from this passage this week, and i uh, just been getting meditating on it, praying on it, and just want to speak from it today, and it's a word, again, to the family, the body, every one of us in the room, uh, male, female, regardless of our race, our backgrounds, this is a word for us today, for each of us. It's in Nehemiah chapter 4. And I'm going to read a, I guess, you know, um, a more lengthy passage, I guess, to open up with, but some verses 13 through 23. And uh, how many knows we can't have too much Bible? Amen. Amen. As long as we're living it, all right? As long as, again, not just learning it, but living it. But Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 13 through 23, is, I want to begin and say this. In verse 13, therefore, I position men behind the lower parts of the wall. That the openings, and I set the people according to their, say that word, families. Amen. I mean, it was a family thing. This is all of us. This is each of us. We need this. And with their swords and spears, and with their bows, and I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. Come on, somebody. I, I, I can never read that without thinking about Mel Gibson riding on a horse, braveheartin' it, man, you know, William Wallace declaring freedom. Hey, Amen. I just, you know, I, I did it for 9 a.m. in my William Wallace voice. Is 11 a.m. ready? 
I don't know if they're ready or not. If I do this in the name of the William Wallace, Sir William. Do not be afraid of them. Verse 14. Remember the Lord great and awesome. I got, can you just see that, man? But it, I'll stop. But I mean, that is incredible how awesome that is. You're fighting for your sons and daughters, your wives and your houses. Ooh, I felt that. And it happened when our enemies heard, verse 15, that it was known to us that God had brought their plot to nothing. Uh, that all of us return to the wall, everyone to his work. So everybody gets, gets to work. <clears throat> Amen. Everybody get to work. So it was from that time on that half of my service worked at construction, with the other half held the spears, the shields, the bows, and wore armor. And the leaders were behind all the house of Judah. And in verse 17, those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked construction. And with the other, held a weapon. This verse is bad. With one hand, they held, they worked the construction, and with the other, they held a weapon. Every one of the builders had his sword girded at his side as he built, and the one who sounded the trumpet was beside me. And then I said to the nobles, the rulers, the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive, and we are separated far from one another on the wall. And wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. I mean, there's a sound of a trumpet today, this, this, this ringing forth. And he said, our God will fight for us. So we labored in the work, and half of the men held the spear some daybreak until the stars appeared. At the same time, I also said to the people, let each man and his servants stay at night in Jerusalem, that they may be our guard by night and working party by day. So neither I, my brethren, my servants, nor the men of the guard who followed me took off their clothes, except that every one of them took off them off for washing. Somebody say, praise the Lord for gain and tide and uh, all those washing detergents in the name of Jesus. Water than snow, it'll wash you. Let's pray. God, thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for just, again, freedom. And that's what we're declared over our families, protection, blessing over our home and over our nation. And we just give you thanks for your word today. May it get in our hearts and lives and change us. Father, may it change us, and may we think different, act different, do different, be different because of your word today and because of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Tell your neighbor one more time, we're family. Amen. Oh, amen. Amen. William Austin got my throat jacked up, man, I'm preaching all that William stuff. But uh, this morning, I want to ask a question. Would you consider yourself a great multitasker? No, no. If, raise your hand, just a real quick show. Hey, if you're a good multitasker, if you if you do well at that, <clears throat> bad few. Hey, some of you, yeah, some of you are lying. Uh, but um, <clears throat> we, uh, I, I love that. I, I, um, I, I, I came in the other day, and um, I was. And I, I'm one of those where, like, if I have something like you know to talk about, it's been a day. Some things have been happening, and you know, you're coming after a long day. You want to sit down. And you have a conversation. You know, with your, with your wife or spouse or whatever. So I came in and I was telling a story and uh, to her, and I was talking. And, and Angel, my wife, she was sitting there on on the on the love seat, and she had her phone in her hand. She was, you know, deep into a conversation or doing something or trying to find a sale. You know, trying to find the greatest deal, whatever it was. And so uh, I just stopped. Dramatic pause there. 
I just stopped. And I just, just in that moment, just, just stopped. And I was like, and then finally, after a minute, she kind of like looked up and she looked at me and I was like, you want to listen to this? And she, she was like, I can do more than one thing at a time. Yeah, I was like, in the name of, you know, I was just, but I, I, she, she was, she was just alluding to the fact that maybe she's a better multitasker than me. And, and I, I admit this, I believe that the ladies probably are better multitasker than guys. I mean, you know, again, it's okay. But, and, and maybe again, God geared you that way. It's easy for fellas to get kind of one track, man, sometime and just focus on a task or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with those things. But multitasking is important. And I do believe this. I believe ladies are better at this than men. I was driving down 385 the other day, coming to church. And in front of me, there was a vehicle that was kind of like doing its thing, you know. And I was like, man, they're probably on their phone or whatever. And, you know, that kind of deal, probably scrolling. And as I, you know probably should have like waited and kind of like let them move on. You know, I, I didn't. I mean, I punched it and kind of like got beside them and then was going to pass them, you know, it's what I do. But um, as I got beside them, it was a, it was a lady and uh, no tackle on ladies today, but she had a phone in one hand, makeup in the other hand, <laughs> looking in the mirror and looking out the window and driving no one her vehicle. I was like, man, she has to be a Christian because the Holy Spirit has to be the one driving her vehicle right now because... <laughs> She's not doing that. I mean, autopilot, I don't know. But it just kind of reminded me that, again, you know, we, we multitask, I, pray, I think, probably the wrong thing sometimes. Whew. I think we multitask the wrong thing sometimes. And, and, and in certain areas of life, we can sometimes get kind of one-tracked and, and kind of miss it. And I, I love this. In our story today, I believe this is one of the most beautiful stories of multitasking in the Bible. And it's the story of Nehemiah. Just a little bit of back history behind him before we read this. A little story behind and before the text. I mean, we would see that the children of Israel had come back to the land of Jerusalem. And they were there and they were like enjoying life again to some degree. Houses had been established. Vineyards had begun to grow. Life had begun to kind of, uh, you know, kind of like come back. And it was like kind of a good thing again. But there was one thing that was very important that was missing. And it was the wall that protected them. And so the wall that had been now, if you, would, if you study out, actually the wall kind of was a picture of even the hand of God upon that nation of showing of protection, of showing of favor. And it actually did even serve in the natural as a physical wall that protected them from the enemy. Now, in our story, we, we see this. There's, there are two things that had to take place and they happened at the same time in order for that wall to be rebuilt multitasking. Tell your neighbor multitasking. <clears throat> Amen. Not driving and putting on makeup and talking on the phone. <laughs> multitasking. Now in this story, I, I love this. There are two things that happen and I, I only want to give you just two points today. Amen. There are 47 sub points under each one. And uh, so no, I'm just kidding. There's not. But, uh, but in those two points, two things that I want us to see that are happening in this story, but what is critical about this is that they're happening at the same time. It's not one or the other. 
It's not what can happen sometimes where you get set and going in a good direction, distractions happen and things happen, and you kind of get pulled off of that. No, in this story, there are a couple of things that are happening at the same time. And I want to go ahead and give you both points in, in advance and let you know because both of these things work together simultaneously, all together, and it is work and it is war. All right, now this is what's happening in the story. There's building happening and there's battling happening. They're ready to build something greater, but they're also at the same time ready for war when that breaks out. Now I want to jump into this. The first one is a four-letter word. It's called work. <clears throat> it's not a bad four-letter word. Amen. That's a good thing. Work is a good thing. And Nehemiah is known for coming in and, and working very diligently and rebuilding the wall now that was, uh, had been torn down over time and had been broken down. And it's wild because this was something that didn't take one day. It was something that was a process. Now, we're going to see at the end how God's hand was upon it. And it supernaturally, again, by God, he shows up and does great things when we in the natural do certain things in obedience to him, which is critical to our life. But in this story, we see a couple of things happen. And I love this because the building process is so beautiful. I mean, I love it. I, I actually was telling Angel the other, other day, I was like, man, there are two things that I wish I'd have someone show me growing up. And that was one would be to how to build something. It just it didn't happen. I mean, again, I'm a great helper for projects when that takes place. And also the other is to be a mechanic. I just, I just do that. It's just two things for me that I, I wish I knew how to do. I don't. So don't need to call me for those. Amen. I'll send you some, some more, somebody else's number and name. But I, I do, again, in the story, love this because Nehemiah was a builder, but he realized this. He didn't do this on his own. He realized, again, he needed the family. In our text, it actually said the whole families were involved. As you can read on in this passage, you will see that the daughters were a part of this. And they were people of every part, every element of the family doing this. And Nehemiah steps into this not because he didn't have something better to do. Because Nehemiah actually was, had a great position in uh, serving the king. He had a high dollar position, had the ear of the king, was in a place of prestige with a high position, but he was willing to do this. He sees the need and is willing to set all those things aside to pursue the call of God. Now, this is cool because I like this. While he was in Persia, you would see that there were some people from Jerusalem who came into town. And as they come into town, Nehemiah actually has a conversation with them. And I like it, man, because just the fact that they're just, again, guys are actually concerned and having a conversation and talking. You can read it, and he began to ask them how things were going. What was happening back home? How did things look there? It was not a simple, what's up, bro? And I'll, I'll sup, bro, you in a heartbeat. Amen. I will, I'm not scared. But it, it is just like, I, I love it. I'm trying to be even more intentional about doing this. And it is the fact that, man, he actually asked questions and wanted to hear the answer. Man, what if we just all acted that way? What if we literally asked someone about their life and, and we asked them how things were going and then we actually hear what's taking place and then we actually want to be a part of the solution to fix what's going wrong? How cool is that? And so this is what happens here. In Nehemiah chapter 1, and we're going to go through some things uh, real quick so you can follow on the screen, online, on your version, wherever. But Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, this is how that conversation unfolded. And he said in verse 3, they said to me, 
The survivors who are left from the captivity and the providence are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down. Its gates are burned with fire. And verse 4 says, And so it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Man, I want to reply like that to, 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 to bad news. Amen? I, I, want to, I want to reply like that, that when I hear that things are broken. I, I want to don't respond the way that he did. He sat down and he got with God. And as he prayed and fasted, he sought after him and it broke his heart. And I, I believe today we, we have a broken world around us. And, and if you see, it was Jesus who came to heal the brokenhearted. And he had a burden for the broken. And it's what we should have ourselves. And, and I love this. And one of the greatest calls and one of the greatest things that we can do is do what Nehemiah said. The first thing before he runs and does anything and grabs a, a, a hammer, he gets on his face. Before he grabs a sword, he gets on his knees before God. And he takes very serious the things that he had heard about a broken world that was taking place around him. And the Bible says that he prayed and fasted. Phil, and Brooke, Phil, come up here real quick, man. Just take a second, real quick. Just share what God put on your heart. And, uh, and we just want to invite anybody online and in the house just to be a part of this. And it was just cool when he was sharing with me just something God placed in his heart. Yeah, um, <clears throat> so with my wife and I, when we got married, we committed to God that everything we'd ever own, if it's our home, if it's a car, if it's uh, clothes, whatever, we're always going to use it for him. Well, when we purchased our house about two years ago, we have a huge field behind our house. And, and I <clears throat> was praying over that field. I said, like, God, what can we use this field for you for? What can we do in this field uh, that we can reach people for you? And, um, and he showed me, and it was about a year ago. I remember I was, I was mowing it, and, and I was just praying. He said that there'll be worship and prayer in this field. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking. I can almost see it happening, just people just worshiping in this field. And, and, and that day I, <clears throat> I took my mower and I mowed this big cross that like if a helicopter went over, they could see this cross in this field. And as soon as I was done mowing, now, I, now keep in mind, I've mowed this field probably 15 times prior to this. And, and when I'm, I'm pulling out my mower, I looked over on the side and there's this metal cross sitting in the ground. I think you actually saw that cross. I'd never seen it there. Uh, it, it was insane. So with everything going on right now in, in America and all the pain, I thought, man, what, what greater time is it just to go meet out in that field and just spend time with God? Uh, so September, or September, uh, June, <laughs> a little bit ahead of myself, June 27th, That'll be the next one. That's right. From a nine to five, we're just gonna we're gonna have different worship groups out, and then we're just gonna just spend time in the field, on our face, fasting and praying for our nation, and and then we're also just gonna spend time just thanking God for who He is, because so many times we'll get caught up in the God. We need this. We need this. We need this. But if we can just focus on really who He is, and thanking Him for who He is, He automatically is gonna give us what we need every time. Because he knows our hearts. He knows what America needs. But we get so focused 
on just the bad stuff instead of just laying on his feet before him. So we're going to have, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because it's like we're going to have worship, fasting, and prayer, and then afterwards we're going to have a hot dog roast. So <laughs> um, it's a hot dog roast. That's right, bonfire and swimming. So um, if you want more information on it, let me know. But it's June 27th. Um, and, you know, one thing I'll, I'll also say is, you know, are you willing to give eight hours of your day for him? You know, if it was Clemson, you might go up and sit eight hours. Now, I'd say the same thing for South Carolina, but you're lucky to keep them the whole game. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. I mean, truth is truth. But um, are you willing to spend eight, eight, <laughs> eight hours just for him? You know, what, in that, what if in that eight hours, God reveals what you're supposed to do for the rest of your life? But what if you decide to do something else and you miss that? So June 27th, plan on coming down. It's going to be going to be great. Awesome, awesome. Amen, amen. Thank you guys for opening up your home and having it on. Yeah, go ahead. Give them, give them some love for that. Amen. Yeah, and if you can't make it out the whole day, maybe you can stop by. If you're unable to come, stop and pray and spend some time with the Lord. And because, uh, again, I understand this now. Uh, the longer you do these things, we do. Um, building something great is a process. And it, and it takes time, and it takes going after the heart of God and getting on your faces and, and seeking him. And this is what Nehemiah did first, and I love it. It starts with that. I think a lot of times we want to run and grab and do something, and then, again, is, if it's not what he said to do, then we've missed it. And so I, I just love this. And so we're just going to do this. If you can be a part of that, man, we'd love for you to stop by and do that. But what I love in this story is, again, he does this. He prays and he fasts. He weeps and he mourns, and he has a heart for the broken. And then he does this. He actually begins to bring the people together. And he has a big meeting with the people who live in that place where they're at. They're part, they're part of that world and they're part of that nation. And he brings them together and begins to cast into their heart a vision to rebuild this wall. And I love it, man. He, it's like calling a big family meeting. And as I was studying this week, it was like God just placed in my heart that there are some of us that we need to call a family meeting. Amen. I'm talking about within your own family. And you need to you need to call everyone together, just sit down, and so maybe some things that you've overlooked, or maybe you've th- hoped that maybe they would just kind of go away on their own. That maybe God is saying this. Get together, sit down, and begin to share and be honest and be real. And he begins to do this with the children of Israel. And in verse in chapter two of Nehemiah, verse 18, I love this. He speaks into their heart of vision about rebuilding a wall, and then they're like, let's go to work. Let's make this happened. Verse 18 says, and I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me and also of the King's word that he had spoken to me. So they said, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to this good work. Hey man, this is how this works, man. They rise up, they come together, and they say, man, let's do this. Let's rise up and build. And then they put their hands upon it. And they actually begin to put it in action and begin to go forward and do something and begin to build something. And, and I love it. You go on and you read in Nehemiah 4, 6. It says, this is where their mind was at. Verse 6 says, so we built the wall. An entire wall was joined together up to half its height. They got about halfway, and it says it had built halfway, and it says, for the people had a mind to work. And this is what it's going to take. I believe a lot of people, man, maybe have a mind for it, but never place their hands on it. 
And there are some people, man, you want to put hands on things, but your mind's not right. You, and, and, just, and, that's, and that's not a knock, it's just the truth. But what we see in this story is beautiful. It starts with prayer and fasting and seeking the heart of God, listening to what he says, and then bringing people together to work and to build something great. And they begin to build it. So this is what they do. As they're working, simultaneously, point two happens. And as they're working, they're also ready for war. And this is incredible because in Nehemiah again, verse, chapter 4, verse 17, those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction. I can, it's hard. I mean, literally, in the natural, I can't, two hands can't build construction. I mean, that's just, I just not, it's not a gift. But so again, there's something supernatural happening as they obey God. So with one hand, they worked at construction, and with the other hand, they held a weapon. And this is what we need to see when we're fighting for our family and rebuilding something and coming against the enemy's work. It takes our work and it takes our war. You are just as much a soldier as you are a builder, and you are just as valuable in that field. And the enemy is doing this today. He he is out to destroy and he is out to tear down everything that is being built for the kingdom of God. He's coming in in so many different ways and he's using so much distraction and he's using every tool and trick and he will come in any place he can. And what the church has to do is this. We have to learn how to work while at the same time guard and be ready for war against the enemy who is coming to destroy the work of God in our life. Amen. And so we see how this is happening. And so what what we must do at the same time, be ready for the enemy as he comes in. And he comes in so many ways. It's wild to me. In just, I mean, short study of this, you could go in, and I'm sure you could be, you would see many more ways that the war is happening and the enemy is trying to come in to destroy the purpose of why they were there. Destroy the call of what they were sent to do to again rebuild this wall. It starts way back, chapter four and verse one. You see it this way. But so it happened. So happened that when Samballot heard that we were rebuilding the wall, this is an enemy force. When he heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. So this is what's going to happen for us. Again, when you're doing something for the kingdom of God, when you're listening to him, not getting in the flesh, but walking out and loving and doing the things that God's called us to do, you will be mocked for it. It's, it will happen. It's not, this may happen to us. No, this will happen. And it's what happens then. It's what happens now. Everybody's not going to believe in your dream. Everybody's not going to get behind the work that God has called you to do. There will be people that will come against it and speak ill of it. There will be people talk down to it. There will be people talk about it. There will be people say, man, why are y'all even doing that? You're wasting your time. But listen, don't listen to their voice. Listen to the voice of God. Don't listen to what they're saying, but listen to what he says. And so we hear that. And so they face the mocking. They face this. And then they see another thing there in verse 10. It says in chapter 4, then Judah said this. Again, part of the tribe, part of the family. It says the strength of the laborers is failing. And there's so much rubbish, and we're not able. We're not able to build the wall. Listen, don't believe that lie. 
I mean, he had to have a call get another family meeting. Amen. And he brought them together. But don't believe the lie. Don't believe this can't be done. I see people looking at things again in our nation. They're looking at things in the world, even looking at, again, revival and the things that God's wanting to do. And they're saying, God's never going to do that again. Listen, what God is wanting to do is greater. What he's wanting to pour out is even in greater measure. Amen. It's bigger than what we even have in our minds right now. And what we have to do is this, be able to come to the place where we don't let the doubt in. We don't listen to the lie of the enemy but what he says and calls us to do we walk forth in that we don't listen to the lies we don't listen to the doubts we trust truth amen we trust the truth of his word and so again doubt was trying to work its way in another thing that you see and this happens so often if fear was trying to work its way in again you go to read in verse 11 and our adversary said this listen this is what they are saying they will neither know nor see anything Till we come into their midst and kill them and cause the work to cease. Right now, the enemy is saying that and thinking that he can slide in your life and destroy the work and you'll never see it coming. But now listen, when you're working and warring, when you're building and battling, when you have your mind in the right place, when you have a weapon in one hand, a tool in the other, when you're working for the kingdom, you'll recognize this. And Nehemiah was saying, you know something, bring it on, Jack. Bring whatever you bring it because what we see here is something bigger, something greater. And the work did not cease. What happened there, they continued to move forward. They didn't let the fear come in and another one this is huge deception man he's a deceiver the enemy is a deceiver that's one of his names he is a liar he's a deceiver and in chapter 6 of verse 3 it said it this way it says so I sent messengers to them Nehemiah sent them back to the to the a message to the enemy all right and they were trying to distract him bring him off the wall trying to call a meeting with them and, and it was in the plane of ono oh and they were trying to bring them now to go out to come off the wall and to deceive him to stop the work this was his answer so i sent messengers to them saying i'm doing a great work <laughs> sorry so i cannot come down what if you told the enemy that? Bro, can't come? Nah, nah, dog. I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. And he asked this question. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? He's saying this. Why would I leave something that's of significance and waste my time on you? Listen, we got to quit wasting our time on things that will never change. We're going to quit investing our, our time and our efforts and energy in places that will never change and people that won't receive it. And we have to understand something here. You have to stay focused on the task and on the plan that God has called you to. And every person in this room, he has called you to the wall. And we have to do this. We have to stay on the wall. We have to stay in that place and we have to work and we have to war. And it's not either or. It is both in. And it's at the same time that we work together. We guard our hearts. We guard our families. We, we guard what again the work that God has called us to do and when you see this happen you will see God show up and it is a supernatural thing that takes place as our worship team comes I want you to hear these last couple of passages man this is wrecking me right now what I'm seeing God do and this is how he works when we obey in the natural his supernatural hand is always on it Amen. When we obey in the natural, his supernatural hand is always on it. And the work and the warfare that's taken place is not something they did. 
Whoa, bro, what you said? No, listen, this is, here, this is so cool. They were not fighting along. They knew someone else was fighting for them. This is the war. This is what he said in verse 20 again of chapter 4. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally us there. Our God will fight for us. Listen, some of us are fighting wars you can't win. And when he fights for us, he's never lost a battle. He never will. And when we walk in obedience in this area and we trust him, he fights for us. Again, they got in there, man. They put it in. But he shows up and fights on their behalf. And in verse uh, 15 and 16 of Nehemiah chapter 6, listen to what took place when the wall was done. It says that, so the wall was finished on the 25th day of your law in 52 days. I mean, you, you can't get a building permit in 52 days in some, some places around here. I'm serious, Jack. Hey, no joke. Archaeologists have, have, have what they believe discovered parts of this wall that were eight feet thick. They, they were things that were built in 52 days without the equipment of things that we have today. Because he showed up and because his hand was upon it. And listen to what verse 16 says. This is incredible. And it happened when all our enemies heard of it. And all the nations around us saw these things. And they were very disheartened in their own eyes. For they perceived that this work was done by our God. The work he's calling us to do, we put our hand to it. But he's the one who's going to step in and work on our behalf. He's the one who will war for us. He's the one who will show up. And what he's asking for us to do is pray, fast, seek his face, then get up, put our minds to it, put our hands to it, walk forth in obedience, and watch him move. Can you stand, please, with me? And if you would, even at home right now, if you can take a moment and just stop what you're doing, and just, if you would, in the room and in, 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 in online, just stop and just close your eyes for a moment. Oh, man. God, thank you so much, Lord. Thank you so much, Lord, for what you're doing, Lord, for the vision and things that you're placing on our heart. And God, as we seek your face, God, you're going to give us the blueprints, Lord. As you show, Lord God, us clearly what we need to walk in, let us walk forth in obedience of those things, God. Father, Lord, we want to be able to look back and say, you've done this. (laughs) Look what you have built. Look what you have done in our lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I don't know about you, but I don't want something that can be manufactured by men. I want them to be able to look back and see this thing and say, man, it wasn't great. Little, just, little programs that they had. It wasn't just built upon a certain leader, but it was a body. It was a family that came together and got on the wall and worked and warred together and built and battled. And they can look back and say, man, that had to have been God's hand. Had to have been God's hand. We've been doing something in this series, and I just, man, I'm telling you, I love it, and I just think it is so needed. 
we've been gathering together as a family and just coming in our altars and filling this place up and just gathering together and going after God. And I, I want to ask you if you would do this this morning. If you want to do this, if you want to work for the kingdom, if you want to war and walk out and walk in the, the purpose and the plan that God has for you all at the same time, I mean, when one hand holding a, a, a tool and the other hand holding a weapon, I want you just to do this this morning. Just heads up, eyes open. Just do this. Just step out. And if you would, I just want you to come to the front. And just as, as those who gather, I want to pray over you something specific. And I believe today God's going to do this. He's going to speak to you this morning. I want him to speak to you and to show you some things this morning. And so as you come from just all around the room, can we just gather? And again, this is a family call. This is not one specific part of that family, but this is a family. We all need you. Each part of you are valuable. Amen. If you want to work for the kingdom, war for him. If you want to build something in that God looks back, I mean, people look back and say, man, that had to have been him. That had to have been him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to this message. We hope it's been a source of encouragement for you. If you need prayer, would like to support this ministry through your financial giving, or just want to learn more about Faith Renewed, please stop by faithrenewed.org.